Right? Here we are. Hello, friends and strangers. Um, welcome to Rendezvous with Jamie McGlue. Uh, this is my podcast I've decided to start. Um, talk about why in a moment. But uh, yeah, so welcome. Uh, this is the, it's like two o'clock almost. Uh, on the 29th of April, so I think I'm going to release this on the 1st of May, uh, Baltana, so this will be uh, a third of the way through the year, have you been keeping count, is it going fast, is it going slow, is it going, is it not going at all, maybe it's just one moment, and time's an illusion, and all that, uh, and uh, I believe... It's the beginning of summer in the traditional way of measuring it, in Ireland anyway. But yeah, so here it is. Um, so I propose that uh, I'm going to just hang out and talk and think about stuff uh, and make stupid jokes and um, talk to myself because I never do that normally. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not into that. Like talking to myself, say inside my head, internal dialogues, nah. I probably spend like 1% of my time doing that, you know? Like the average well-adjusted, uh, thought-addicted slave to the brain. Um, but uh, yeah, talk to myself. Uh, talk to other people, believe it or not. Oh my God, other people. Might talk to Claire, my guitar. What do you think, Claire? G. No. Ah, G whiz. Interesting perspective. Oh, yeah. Here's some intro music. Okay. Intro music. I apologize in advance for uh, uh, the <laughs> any likely um, stuff-ups of audio, like, you know, being too quiet or too loud. Um, yeah, work in progress, learning by doing. All right, theme song. It's a rendezvous, rendezvous, rendezvous. tell you the news that it's not deja vu and it's not you it's not me it's just how it's meant to be it's a rendezvous very nice Claire. Um, so rendezvous it rhymes rendezvous with Jamie McGlue right uh, shout out to Brashan making some random joke involving that phrase 10 years ago or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a meeting. If you honor me with your attention and you want to tune in to whatever is going on in my head, just various things, uh, then, yeah, we're having a meeting, are we not? So, 
um, we can be together. Although the me, I'm here right now, but I'm kind of already dead, like this me, by the time you're watching it, right? So, like, I'll be, it's me in the future, right? Or if you, like, watch me and you're putting your consciousness into the picture, right? You're not in your head, right? You're the, the consciousness. So you're looking at me and I am you. <laughs> oh God, we're getting too deep too quick. Because uh, you're looking at my, you know, my uh, beautiful head with my well-brushed hair uh, is filling your mind. And so you are bringing me to life with your consciousness. So maybe I am alive still. What do you think? Hmm. Okay. Interesting perspective. Yeah. I agree with you. Sort of. So, um, anyway, uh, so I thought I might talk about like, uh, you know, with this podcast, I kind of just going to talk in general. Uh, sometimes, you know, I have conversations with people. I'm like, Oh, that's such a fascinating, such an interesting conversation. It would be cool to be able to share that with more people. Or like, I think we like figured something out or we really nailed something the way we talked about it or, or just, you know, showing how you learn and, you know, or whatever, or just funny jokes and stuff. But, um, but also, yeah, like investigating little topics, you know? So I'm, I thought, you know, uh, I'm starting this and, you know, I was a bit self-conscious. Like, do I really want millions, uh, of uh, ghosts watching me and then maybe, you know, like 12 people also, um, you know, and so like, oh, do I want to do this? But uh, yeah, why not? You know, which brings me to, so number one reason to just start something, you know, maybe you have something you're, I'm sure you have something. Well, am I? No. But maybe you have something where you're thinking of like, oh, that would be cool. My life, that would be fun. I would enjoy that life. If that was a dream, I went to bed and I had the dream of doing this thing. I'm a farmer, right? Or I have some company which does this thing. Or I do the same job I do now, except instead of being an employee, I have my own outfit. I'm, you know, I'm the boss. Or whatever, you're in love, or whatever it is. You have some, you talk to the girl next door. Uh if it would be fun as a dream, you know, but then often seems people don't try to do these things. We don't, you know, we have blocks of various kinds, but, um, so yeah, I thought we might talk about, uh, just doing things and why to start something new and the kind of forces in favor of it. And then also against it, like what our head says, like, like, ah, don't do it. Why not? Think about it. Well, yeah, like what specifically? Well, I mean, what if everyone hates it? What if you hate it? Mm, true. Well, I guess I would just accept it and have learned a lot from trying. And then I could use that as a feedback loop to do more good things and get better and better. And, and the mind's like, yeah, yeah, but Netflix, you know, it's waiting for you. Um, there's so many shows to watch still, you know, we've got business to attend to. Um, but yeah, so, uh, 
yeah, why not, right? That's the first reason. Just why not? I mean, we're all going to be, uh, spoiler alert, <clears throat> we're all going to be dead pretty soon. Uh, not because there's, well, not necessarily because World War III is coming. Hopefully not. If uh, wise heads prevail and people, you know, can just step back, um, which I have faith, you know, why not? <laughs> that we will. Creates a good vibe. Everything's connected. It probably has some small impact. Like if everyone kind of has a more calm perspective, probably, I would imagine, help gravitate peace. Anyway, um, but <laughs> coming back a few tangents, uh, uh, it's, uh, where were we? Uh, not uh, that we're going to die like because of some looming catastrophe that's sneaking up behind you, ready to gobble you up. But um, just, you know, we don't live that long, you know, like a uh, hundred years, you know, passes fairly quick, you know. So there you go. So, but, you know, it's not doom and gloom. I think that's a very uplifting thing. It's like, oh, every moment is more precious, you know. If there's, um, if gold was everywhere, it wouldn't have any well, it would have some value, but it'd be far less valuable. So, you know, demand, supply and demand, right? There's lower supply, so it increases demand. There's a finite supply of time, and this makes it precious, you know? Um, and I think that changes, heightens our emotions. So if you were like, I want to live forever, then you wouldn't have the same emotional connection. So you'd be like, oh, imagine if I could live forever without emotional connection. And then you'd want to be mortal maybe and just be, oh, just do it for 100 years and have a, you know, deep uh, existential dread. <laughs> um, but yeah, so why not, you know? Like, uh, just do things and then you never know. Like, uh, like if you were to die today, you know, uh, how are your affairs looking, you know? And, and uh, if you were to live today, I'll stop being so morbid, talking about death. But, uh, yeah, so just doing things and, you know, starting your projects, right? So uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comments below. Uh, what do you think? In the words of Russell Brand, uh, that's only what I think. Um, I should steal his phrases. Then I'll have 5.5 million uh, subscribers in no time. Um so get after it. Yeah, why not? Um, now, what else is there? Why do something? I think uh, part of it is the world has a lot of, I think, there's an ethical reason too, you know? Like the world has so many problems and so, there's so much suffering and you watch a really powerful documentary and it, briefly reminds you of, oh my God, this is so important. I need to do something about this. Um, and then you forget pretty quick. Uh, like, you know, when I'm sick, then the, f the first day when I'm healthy again, I'm like, oh my God, health is so good, you know? Um, or you've drunk too much beer and what and you're, you're hungover and you drink water and you remember how good water is. Uh, you know, water, water. Okay, I won't.
do it in every accent I can think of. Um, so uh, the world has a lot of problems and a lot of them are snowball effects of you know uh, corporations and big bureaucracies, armed bureaucracies, as Graham Hancock would say, with a bunch of you know networks of offices with people with various purposes and roles all interconnected in a big snowball flow of history and often individual conscience gets diluted there's a diminishment of responsibility where people feel like well i could just risk the financial well-being of my family and take a stand against this unethical thing which is very profitable for example but Tony's not going to do that. Tony's just going to keep, he's going to have his speedboat with his missus and then she's going to be like, oh, Tony, you're my hero. I love this boat. My wife's going to be like, where's my boat? I'm like, yeah, I was trying to save the planet. She'll be like, yeah, well, you know, let me know when you, you know, you, you finish the job, you know? So uh, I think, but, you know, seriously, like people trying to put food on the table and have a future. I think a lot of people... And even politicians, they think, well, I if I try to focus on if I try to bite off more than I can chew, um, my head's going to fall off. Oh no, sorry, microphone. It's going to be chaos, right? So they think, all right, I will leave twenty percent of things just off the table. I won't even acknowledge it. I just won't mention it. Um, or I will say, yeah, it's not really my focus. Um, and I work on the other th things I can do, you know? So you try to do be a good influence in your family, in the business, try to do many things. But there are so there's that minority of things that um, people, whether it be politicians or like people in a business or people whatever in, in general, um, th that tends to be the most important uh, stuff. It's like the Pareto principle, the, like the 20% of... You know, um, twenty percent of uh, people make eighty percent of the money, or twenty percent of the bands have eighty percent of the hits. Twenty percent of the um, statistics about twenty percent and eighty percent provide eighty percent of the uh, insight. That one wasn't one of these. This was one of the eighty percent. Um, yeah. So. So, there are. I think there's a lot of problems in the world. Yeah, there's malevolence. You know, oh, that's another story. Does evil... Evil exists in one sense. But I think e evil doesn't exist in another sense. So but we could we could talk... We could get into that later. You know, ask me again. Ask me in the comments. Um, but... Uh, but I think for the most part, um, our suffering comes from... Uh, people just pursuing their self-interest, but because we are little babies, little bubbubs floating in space on this spherical spaceship hurtling a million miles an hour through the infinite abyss, uh, we misinterpret what is actually in our interest. And so we don't, for example, realize we're all connected and that if I you know, serve me and 
at your expense, I'm actually not serving me because I'm hurting me because we're connected. It's like, oh, look at that big branch in my way. I'm going to chop that branch off. Yeah, now I've, it's just me and the sun. Oh, yeah, baby, soaking up the, that, you know, uh, photosynthian goodness. Uh, and then, oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God, that, oh, my, oh, my. We're one tree. I just chopped off my own arm uh, because I got, uh, I couldn't see the, the tree for the branch. Uh, and yeah, I think that's pretty literal-ish uh, for how it it is. And so people, I think uh, it's important to have empathy and realize people, I don't think people ever do things if they don't think it's good. They always think by their definitions it's good, right? So even if it's, I'm going to rob the world, you know, oh, I'm going to collapse the, um, the financial system and make a bunch of money, uh, whatever, uh, then they think that's a good idea or they wouldn't do it. They're thinking it's really good for my family, my friends, my social circles, um, maybe the people who I'm hurting, if someone's defrauding people or whatever it is, you know, they're thinking, ah, oh, these people don't really matter, right? So in their minds, they think, no, what I'm doing is the best thing. This is what anyone who was smart would do in my shoes, you know? Um, so even people at the limit, people who are aiming down and kind of just trying to cause chaos and powered by resentment and just a loathing of, being itself um, and just trying to do terrible things like school shooters or something they they're motivated to do it that that doing that seems to them like progress from their present moment oh I would rather be in that moment yeah where I've done this terrible stuff um, so it's expressing this kind of pain and destruction and negativity but by definition, the fact that they did it means they thought it was a good idea, it seems to me. So I think we need a, if we can communicate better, then we can kind of avoid a lot of problems and have a lot more win-wins where we're like, hey man, I don't think you're terrible. I totally disagree with you and I think you're, you're causing some prob big problems. But you're my, you're my brother, you're my sister. We're all in this together, you know. I messed up too, you know. Uh... You know, like I hit the microphone before, you know, we all make errors, you know, um, but, uh, and bring it back. Whoa, laddie. Whoa. Bring it in. Uh, I think in the face of all the problems and after all the COVID lockdown madness, and then there's like war, you know, well, war in Yemen has been going on for a long time, but you know. Recently, another more war, right? Um, uh, I think I guess some people are more relaxing because some restrictions have been, you know, freedoms have been returned, so to speak. But uh, I think yeah, under the surface, there's a lot of tension. A lot of tension. It's getting hot, planet Earth, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's kind of chickens coming home to. Roost, is that the term? Uh, roosters coming home to chick. Hmm. Um, 
in that we are seeing the consequences of a lack of individual virtue um, so and a lack of communication so and I guess ultimately it's a lack of consciousness I don't think there's any deeper way to say the meta crisis like Aubrey Marcus who's got a great podcast I really enjoy he was seems to have said a few times been like asking people what do you think's the meta crisis we're in like there's all these different crises what's the the big daddy of them um, and yeah I think it's the deepest thing is you can get to, I think, is consciousness. I think that's what everything is. We're all, the universe is experiencing itself inside out. We're all just, the whole universe is alive. You know, what is consciousness? Okay. Uh, the space around, behind, and within thoughts and everything. So, like, what does a fish know of water? What does a fish know of the waters in which it swims? Fish is like, what's water? What do you mean? There's, there's a rock, there's some phytoplankton, you know, there's some light or whatever. Uh, there's these ripple things, yeah, but what do you mean about water? Because um, it's ever-present. So consciousness is, you know, the palette upon which everything's painted. But um, anyway, I guess... Uh, so it's a crisis of consciousness where we're not aware you know, of many things, and we could be having a lot more fun, I think, um, but we are becoming, luckily, in a way, the silver lining um, or gold lining uh, to all these troubles of you know existential threat level crises uh, caused by our lack of consciousness is that they're waking us up. You go, whoa, whoa, pain response, whoa, whoa, and threat and fear. Whoa. Oh, there's only 60 harvests left in the U.S. farmland because of the industrial chemical, you know, pesticide, uh, petroleum-based um, agriculture system, monoculture, having one crop, 60 harvests left. Oh, ah, you know, and uh, these things, so... And even your own life also, say in my own life, I notice, say if I'm not feeling good for some reason, eventually I can ignore it, but eventually I'm going to have to pay attention and go, okay, what is this? Why is it here? Where did it come from? And it's going to become my teacher. I'm going to trace it back and it's going to show me exactly what, where I was out of alignment with peace and balance. And then, you know, I will be grateful for this, you know, the, the curse is a, is a blessing disguised as a curse, right? teaches you and you um you will remember that lesson you know uh well more than if someone had just told you hey here's a principle cool you know um but if you've suffered through a story of learning then i think you know it uh brands itself it's got great branding um but uh yeah so Doing my best to avoid saying um yeah and yeah. So the crisis of consciousness, lack of individual consciousness. We do things and we uh, don't always do the right thing, but almost always it's just that you know 
we don't know what we're doing. We're not trying to cause problems, but we do. And I think, say, by doing, taking positive action in your life in small ways, everything's connected and the butterfly effect, you know, like uh, 7 billion butterflies, there's a lot of butterfly effects, you know, and uh, 8 billion. Um, so, yeah, just, just doing small things like, you know, you smile at a stranger and then three hours and 12 minutes later, they're at a bus stop and someone's pushing in in front of them. But they're like, we've got a bit more faith in human nature because you smiled at them earlier. And so they don't know, oh, they let it go. And maybe the person who pushed in notices. Hmm. That person had no response. That's interesting. Maybe they're just thinking, hmm, I'm a jerk, aren't I? <laughs> you know, they're like, whatever, who knows, some subtle reaction. And then they talk to their sister the next day and they're different to how they would otherwise be. There's all these micro little changes, you know? So, you know, um, I'm starting a podcast. Why not? Like, uh, makes me feel good. I think um, communication's good. If people want to listen, then great, you know, amazing. Uh, we can have conversations and I can learn and other people can learn and we can laugh and whatever, cry, you know, uh, vomit maybe, we'll see how we go, uh, see, you know, what kind of territory we, we enter, but, uh, and, or maybe, you know, you start painting or, I don't know, whatever, what else, uh little projects or little incremental changes in your own life. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people in the modern world, we can feel like we're not really living because we're too static. We're not, there's a great line like uh, T.S. Eliot, the love song of, J, was it J. Arthur Prufrock? Something like that. And it's, uh, do I dare disturb the universe? In a minute, there is time for decisions and revisions, which a minute will reverse. But that line, do I dare disturb the universe? Boop. You know, oh, maybe I'll just leave it. It looks like it's doing okay without me. I'll just chill here. Um, but, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, if all the people who have dreams but have for some reason or other been holding back, maybe um, if they all, if we all started just testing it out, even if we fail, all right, no worries, but at least you're trying. That's cool. Um, even if we made no changes in the outside world, just the psychological change of everyone working on something meaningful, there'd probably be peace overnight. Uh, three days until we got bored and we're like, Let's start fighting again. Why don't we do things that we would like to do? Um, make your work on dreams. I guess one, of course, is laziness. And uh, we're victims of our own comfort. Like... I believe there's something like a primary drive of animals, I believe, I'm told, is uh, energy conservation. So get food, reproduce, and 
conserve energy. Don't, um, if you can go get the food by spending half as much energy, then do that because you don't know when an apocalyptic winter is coming and 99% of the gene pool gets wiped out, 1% survives and because it has some sort of adaptive advantage and then it floods the gene pool and it repopulates and now, and then 10,000 years later, again, there's some crazy thing goes down and 10% survive and then become the whole gene pool. So we, nature is extremely efficient and I suppose it's one of those cool things where, why is that? Oh, well, if you have all these cataclysmic extinction events constantly, whether it's some tigers, you know, decided your face looks a lot like supper or it's um, Atlantis is getting pimp slapped by, uh, you know, uh, a comet um, and sunk beneath the waves. These, th- the for sure, like death is a constant presence in life. And so beings and I guess even, yeah, institutions maybe, but let's say beings who, or organisms who didn't conserve energy they didn't survive as much. So it's just built in. Like uh, People who, um, yeah, beings, can, uh, th- there's this uh, desi- uh, instinct to do this. With us, uh, we have such a comfortable lifestyle because of modern industrial civilization that I think, or and even like this, you know, welfare state and things, you know, there's benefits to these things, but I think, you know, a lot of it, there's a fair argument to be made that it's a bit of a poisoned chalice and there's a lot of people where um, they get might get a check and uh, they have the money but and then they say, well, if I work more, I won't get my check. So, okay, oh, I work a little bit and I, I'll do this, get the check or just not work at all or whatever. Um that deep down they're not earning their existence and so it's kind of hurting them um, in terms of their self-esteem or self-perception uh, and, you know, many other things. And of course, but again, there are, you know, um, definitely some struggling mother somewhere who needs cash. That's all good, you know, um, to support them. But but tangents, ahoy, so many. Will we get back? Oh, Yes. I never miss my man. So, well, I think. Let's find out. Uh, so, we are saying welfare state, free money. Uh, doing things, making progress in your life. Oh, yes. There we go. See, life is so comfortable. And so if we were on like barely getting by, we would have a lot more motivation to get our lives together, to get our shit together, you know? Uh, But like, oh, it's all right. I'm comfortable enough. Um, And we have many things which can increase the comfort, like uh, smartphones, dopamine flooding or drugs or alcohol which is a drug 
course, but um, or whatever it is, watching movies and with so many things that can give us a, like little pleasure buttons. So when there's some pain, going, hey, hey, asshole, shouldn't you be taking advantage of that opportunity? Or shouldn't you kind of be closing down that threat? It's like, pleasure button, uh, and ignore. So, um, so this is, allegedly, this is one of the reasons I was saying, is it, for why we don't do things. Um, how so? You tell me. Uh, so, right, yeah, so, we, we don't need to be exceptional, and we can conserve energy, and just take the path of least resistance, and that's kind of a natural thing to do, um, so, but the problem is, it, you'll be unhappy if you don't if you're not happy with what you're doing most of the time, if you're not happy with your work, and if you are, then cool. Some people have you know, simple jobs, quote unquote, you know, bad jobs, but they like it. Yeah, cool. It's good for me. Okay, perfect. You're winning. You know, but um, so this is one thing. Uh, all right, what else? I think fear of judgment. Again, we've evolved to care about the group. We we are social beings. We work together. That's we would be just totally unable to survive if we didn't have networks using speech communication to organize together and so there's an intense fear of uh, abandonment and rejection and ostracization and judgment because well and you don't want to look stupid even for yourself your own self-identity like, ah that's not me how dare you try to trick me into thinking you know I'm different to my self-image but also in the, the old days when millions of years, our ancestors evolving, uh, a solitary human was a dead human, as they say. So part of that is not wanting to s step outside of the mold, which I guess is part of the hero archetype, is someone who's willing to be different for the collective well-being, um, but they take a risk in doing that. So, and I suppose not everyone wants to do that, but I think we can all be heroes in our own ways. And it doesn't all have to be big, noticeable things. It could be being very honest with your partner in a moment. Um, and you might want to take an easy road, but you go, I think I need to be honest here. That's a heroic thing, you know? Or um, uh, even someone who's feeling terrible, just utterly depressed having a really bad time, and then they see you know, some kid who's looking gloomy, and they, they find the spirit in themselves to have a little smile at the kid. That could, you know, kids, my God, like that could have so many, think about the butterfly effect of that kid's life. You really don't know. It might not lead to much, or it could lead to a cascade of positive things. And so that would be a very heroic action in my mind. Um, pulling yourself above your own suffering to help others. Um, which apparently is one of the best ways to cure depression, is stop trying to fix yourself, fix other people, help them. Not like they're pro pro broken or something, but, oh, I'm not happy. Okay, but 
trying to make yourself happy, sometimes it works. Sometimes, oh, this isn't working. All right, what about all these other people who I kind of, because you get, sometimes you can get selfish when you're depressed because you're in so much pain. Of course, the humans who didn't focus on themselves didn't evolve and get here. So we're wired to go, all right, we need to fix this problem or else we're out of history. We're out of the gene pool. Um, so, but if you count, you know, paradoxically, I suppose, if you can get yourself, and I think for fear also, you know, um, social anxiety or, or depression, right? Um, if you can just change the focus, go, what about other people? I think that kind of puts a spanner in the, the works and you, yeah, you feel great when you help people. And the humans who didn't feel great when they helped people didn't survive. And, you know, it's just the way it is. The, the, the laws of nature. Isn't that right, Ramses? Yes. This is Ramses. It's, it's true, yeah? Yes. Right. He doesn't speak English so well. Speaks Kemetese. So, um, hmm. uh, right. Okay, this must be a um, number two. So, yeah, so uh, fear of reje rejection. Three, I think some people, th sometimes we feel like, oh, but who am I? That would be egotistical to think that I have something special to offer. Like, who am I to be so special that I have, you know, some gift to give the world? Well, actually... So you're, you're so non-special like that you, you think everyone else can do it. You go, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, you're a normal person. You could do something, yeah. But, you know, um, but you, you're so non-special that you're the only person in the universe who can't do something amazing. You have to have mediocrity. Otherwise, that would be ego. And you know, It's like, well, that's kind of a snake eating its own tail there. And you are the same... We all have different levels of talents of different things. Um, I'm incredibly good at um, uh, dancing. Not really, but uh, you know, like uh, we we all have things we're better at and worse at. But uh, everyone's got something, and deep down, we're all the same. But I think it's the same light, so to speak, uh, the same soul or spirit. Life, energy, lifeness, um, self, shining through many different filters or objects. So your body and the emotional and mental systems connected to it and all the DNA, the, the trauma of your ancestors or your life experiences and whatever, or morphogenetic fields like Shelbert Drake talks about, uh, how just these evolving systems of memory in families and in an individual's life, but also in families where I could do something and then my nephew, who's not even directly coming from my genetics, um, he will be able to resonate with that and it'll be easier for him to do it. Um, I'm not sure if this is total locked in, proven yet, but I believe there is scientific evidence for the plausibility, at least, of this. Um, but uh, we can do these things where we all have something to offer and maybe at the moment it's just something small um, but then that can lead to something else stepping stones 
and who knows how long we're here anyway. So let's, you know, have some fun and do something. Um, and who's to say really what's big, more important, bigger or smaller? Someone carries bags for an old lady and meanwhile someone else signs a peace accord who's actually put in more effort there who's actually had to overcome more inner challenges in order to achieve the things and what butterfly effects are they going to have what are their intentions there's so many things but um but yeah it's a bit similar to a poem comes to mind. Uh, this is more about the nature of human beings and being small and big at the same time. But I guess it also relates to the relativity of achievement. In some extent, in some sense, of course, some things are bigger than others. A peace accord is wor worthy of greater celebration than carrying, you know, your ones bags. But uh. But on another level, you know, you know what I'm saying. But uh, the poem, you want to hear the poem? Mm, all right, I'll tell you. It's called Enormously Small. Like the branch that cuts the moon in two, when curious eyes regard the roof of outdoor infinity, the starry ceiling, how big and small we end up feeling, to know we are nothing at this scale. And yet this knowing is bigger than the moon. Mm, there you go. Um, <clears throat> so, yes. Um, I think this tall poppy syndrome, people, hey, don't you be getting notions and, you know, you're doing this and who do you think you are? You think you're some sort of, you're better than me? Uh, and of course, you know, there's arrogance and people, mockery is good, <laughs> I think, it, at, you know, a lot of the time for keeping people, you know, from getting too big for their boots, because that obviously can be a problem. But, you know, it needs to be balanced. Like, everything needs to be in the middle. Aristotle, I think, talked about virtue ethics. For every good quality, there are two vices. One of deficiency, not enough. One of excess, too much. So, courage, good thing. Too little, it's called cowardice. Too much, recklessness. You're like, oh, I have a young baby, but I'm going to get involved in some dispute of someone else's here and then I get killed. My baby has no father. Mm, not the best idea. Uh, or kindness. Definitely a good thing. Not enough. Meanness. Bad thing. Vice. Too much. Well, spinelessness. And that's not good. Again, it's like the Ouroboros. Right? You, if you're trying to be kind to everyone, you're, you're kind to no one. Or if you think, well, I just want everyone to be happy. And then the, some monster comes along like, hey, uh, can I have all your stuff? And can I have all of that guy's stuff? And whatever, you know, obviously. Right. Balance. So, yeah, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we do want to get ahead. You know? um, so, what else? Anything else? Hmm. Let me know in the comments below if you have other ideas of things that hold people back or uh, propel us forward or anything you want me to talk about. Um, 
believe there is one more thing. And if you think I'm pausing too long, just reflect that uh, silence is golden and every moment that you just marinate yourself, just let yourself soak up the silence, uh, every interaction of your life will be improved in the future because you've aligned yourself a little bit more with lucidity and groundedness with getting outside of your mind. So when I look like I'm startled and uh, misty-eyed, not have no idea where I'm going, I'm actually just acting and let, giving you an opportunity to develop your wisdom. So you're very welcome. Uh, and I guess, so fear of failure, fear of failure, and also fear of success. <laughs> so um, fear of failure, you, you know, that's connected to rejection, right? But also just in general, if you work at something and you fail at it, okay, that's not good because you didn't get what you wanted. However, it's also not good. As I think Jordan Peterson basically said something similar to this. It also calls into question your whole underlying structures of how you get things. So I tried to do this and it didn't work. So, okay, I don't have the thing I wanted, but also the whole structure by which I... I'm getting achieving all my goals. That gets called into question a bit if you have too much failure. And so it can be scary. You're like, mm, I don't know if I want to uh, play chess with that guy because if I lose, then maybe I'm not going to be able to say to myself, man, I'm an ace at chess. We have to go down. Okay. Need to go back to the drawing board. Maybe I need to read some books about chess. And um, So this fear of failure um, and I think it's good though once you can accept it and in balance not take it too seriously then it can kind of charge you up with energy and give you the necessary tension um, to you know like you know tune the tune well the sitar string too uh, too uh, too tight and it snaps too loose and it will not play tune well the sitar string so balance you know and i think in the world often between suffering and joy there's a balance there now this is like a poetry podcast but uh william blake a little bit of auguries of innocence which is incredible um it is right it should be so man was made for joy and woe and when this we rightly know through the world we safely go Joy and woe are woven fine, a clothing for the soul divine. Under every grief and pine runs a joy of silken twine. Mm. William Blake. What was he on? Incredible. Um, so, you know, like the, the metaphor of like joy and woe creating a fabric for your soul to live in, this tension of... Um, this uh, yeah, um, constraint which provides us um, 
certain path to walk down or um yeah so fear of failure but you know i think it's good to start with small things um but and of course you know it's probably i don't know if you can get rid of fear of failure but uh you can get rid of the fear of the fear of failure or if you can't get rid of that you can get rid of the fear of the fear of the fear of failure and so on and so forth um just keep outflanking it accept it I can't accept it. Okay, accept that you can't accept. Okay. Oh, I think I'm losing that too. All right, outflank it again. <laughs> you know, rinse and repeat. Um, so now the fear of success. Uh, so I think we are so used to the familiar and we, bi- we are biased towards staying in the familiar, in the known rather than going out into the in, the unknown, the chaos, because it's promising, potentially good, but also threatening, potentially bad, and, you know, unexplored territory. So often there's a tendency for us to, well, it's working pretty well, let's just kind of chill out and eat apples under the tree and just, you know, chill and enjoy the sunshine, soak up some rays, and then, you know, eventually... The call of adventure appears um, because something's threatening our, our world, or because maybe we get bored. Um, so, but the fear of success of if your life changes so much, um, are you ready for that? You know, like, are you ready for a cold shower? Although, maybe it is similar because cold showers are extremely pleasurable. I don't know if you. Dear listener, you uh, or watcher, you uh, take cold showers, um, but definitely recommend it. What's great is turn on the cold, uh, step into the shower, turn on the cold, and just do like a 360. Relax. The more relaxed you are, the less pe- painful it is. Pain is a signal coming from your brain saying, hey, move your hand away from that thing or, or whatever, right? And so there's a signal going, get the hell out of wherever you are. It's too cold. This is not ideal for the body. But if you can, with practice, you can, like Wim Hof talks about, the Wim Hof method, the Iceman. Um, love that guy. Uh, you, you can control your mind's response. And strangely, oh, I'm not, I'm not even shivering. That's weird. Oh, a lot of it's mental. And... There's a program, the software goes, bing, ding, ding, ding. All right, play the program where we get the hell out of here because it's too cold. But that automatic survival um, instinct, uh, you can override that and go, no, we're cool. And you can say, to override it, I started, I don't do this anymore, but I started by saying, um, before I turned on the cold and during, in my mind going, yes, thank God for this cold. Oh, it's going to be so nice, this Water, freezing water is going to be so good. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Turn it on. So good. So good. <laughs> and you're kind of hypnotizing or tricking yourself. But it's counterbalancing another, you know, hypnotic thought stream, which is trying to make you flee um, the shower. So, and yeah, so you, you turn on the cold water and you, you breathe deeply. <sighs> And uh, you relax and 
let the energy flow through you and turn around on the spot just get everything covered the head once everything's covered then turn on the hot have a hot shower cool great at the end turn it on cold again and just do it quickly you know i think i believe it's good for your hair good for your skin good for your brain good for your immune system all these it's good for i think your sense of humor apparently the proven nine out of ten monks who took cold showers um, became internationally best-selling comedians they did a study in um i think it was the 1200s um so so fear of success uh, no need and then why to do things as we said why not? We're here. I don't know. Sometimes people will get nihilistic and say, what's the point of it all? That was me uh, 10 years ago. Um, I remember saying to my friend, Stephen Jarvis, shout out to Stephen, who put me onto the Joe Rogan podcast also like 10 years ago, which started my love of podcasts. Um, uh, I was saying, you know, what's the point of life, you know? Um, and he said, I think, you know, you just do what you like and, you know, have, it's important to have goals and work on things and make progress, you know, and it feels good, you know, and you can have a good time. I was like, yeah, but, but why? Why work on these goals? Like, why feel good? What's the point? But I think the thing is, what would you rather win an argument or be happy? And I guess people might think, well, but if the happiness is an illusion, no, I want the truth, the bitter truth. But, well, just because you can't think of an argument to persuade you of something at a certain time, like, what's the point of trying to do anything? I have other, I have thought of arguments, and I, I believe there are many good arguments. Um, since then, I've thought of them or heard them from others. Uh, but even if someone doesn't, or any particular thing, you don't have a, an absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, right? Well, that doesn't quite apply, but you get the idea that there could be perfectly good reasons that totally destroy your argument, and you're just, neither of you, you nor your con, you know, in interlocutor, uh, conversation partner, neither of you know the, the reasons. So if you're getting... Anytime, here's a rule I have, anytime my mind is being very persuasive and oh, very, you know, making some great logical points, but it leads to fear, sadness, anger, um, any kind of dis-ease or ill-ease, I, as a rule, I don't believe it. I go, yeah, 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 sure, sure, mind. All right, mind. You know, that's what I try to do. I do, though, and even and with other people, it would be a similar thing. If someone's got some bad vibes, I'll go, well, okay, you don't need to be, in general, you know, you don't need to be, there's a time and place for emotion and anger and there's a reaction, but in general, if you're kind of angry all the time or, all right, you know, what are you doing here? You know, you don't need to be doing this. That said, you might have a good point. So, okay, I'll keep my mind open that you might have a good point and I'll, I'll try to filter it through and think about it. And so... If my mind is telling me you need to be afraid or maybe there's a good reason. Maybe I shouldn't go down that alley or I should be feeling guilty. Maybe I uh, didn't make some good choices and 
Maybe I'm not as uh, virtuous as I like to think. And maybe I need to suffer a little bit just to kind of wear down a bit of ego and then that'll open up space for something new. But um, So I do consider that maybe if my mind is telling me something which leads to a negative feeling, okay, maybe there's something to it. But I'm very skeptical because the mind just loves problems. Again, the humans who weren't obsessed with problem solving didn't survive history. So they got eaten by tigers, you know, like, oh, what a beautiful day. You know, the other's like, man, you guys, you guys smell tigers? Bro, you can't smell tigers. I can smell tigers, man. You know, they're the people, the tiger smellers will inherit the earth, you know, um, or they have. Um, so, yeah, but in general, uh, what feels good on a deep level, I mean, not just like pleasure, like getting what you want, but in general, uh, the, yeah, peace, let's say peace, inner peace. If something's causing inner peace, it's very likely to be due to an uh, alignment with reality. Your perceptions have lined up with the way things are and an awareness of the laws of nature. Like the serenity prayer, may I have the courage to change what I can, the serenity to accept what I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. So, there you have it. Uh, so, um, I guess, what were we saying here? Uh, podcast number one. I appreciate your, your tolerance. Very kind. Um, So the narcissistic people who, or, you know, nihilistic, I guess it's kind of similar, um, who would say, what's the point of doing anything? I think at a very basic level, okay, it's 50-50. Either this is meaningful, but you just don't know the reason yet, and maybe you'll never know the reason, or it's not meaningful. Um, and maybe because of the reasons you think, or maybe because of other reasons you haven't even thought of and never will think of. But whatever, either way, you haven't got enough evidence. It's 50-50. So do you want to lean towards meaning or lean towards meaninglessness? And keep in mind, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. If we lean towards, ah, life's fucked, you know, whatever, who cares? That causes big problems in the world. A lot of people having that perspective allows them to let stuff go, like, yeah, whatever, I'll, you know, I'll accept some money from this drug gang, some policeman, you know, taking money or whatever, or, you know, people doing committing crimes or waging wars and all kinds of things. It might not seem connected, but you're part of the collective psychology of humanity. We all are. And so I think in your starting just in your community maybe, but if everyone did the same thing as that, started to act more meaningfully and to say, hey, I don't have enough, you know, 
maybe I don't know why I should do this, but I'm just going to follow love. Man, love's just a chemical in your brain, bro. They proved that like ages ago. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, how does your how does your uh, romantic partner feel when you tell them that love is a chemical? It must be must really make them their soul come alive there. Um and I'm sure you act that way to your children. Probably not, right? Like people often say one thing, maybe it fits in with their ideology, but then their actions speak louder than words and that's more fundamental. Um so you can see what people really believe by how they act or more of what they believe. So, yeah, that's it. Live from love, live from optimism, and live from um, whatever. Insert the, in, fill in the blank. Only with good things, though. Um, but yeah, and that's all relative. You know, I could be urging s- someone here they're like, oh, I've got a great idea. I'm gonna start a start a prison colony on Mars. No, Elon, no. <laughs> um, but uh, that's it. We all flow together, and we do things. Maybe some things are useful. Some things aren't useful. Yeah, okay, it wasn't really useful, or um, or even they're damaging. You know. Um, but I think if we all just try to do our best and try to communicate clearly, and try to laugh at ourselves as much as possible, then, you know, I don't know, it's probably going to be pretty, probably going to be better, right? So that's what I would tell myself 10 years ago. Just, there are reasons. Turn off your mind first. Learn to meditate. Experience one minute of pure silence, no thoughts, which is possible. It's hard. And that's not the main point of meditation. But um, it is possible to have no thoughts. Uh, contrary to what... Well, I mean, I've heard some people who, like... I think Jonathan Kabat-Zinn was saying it's impossible to... But I, I swear I've... Uh, I have had that. And you know, Eckhart Tolle will talk about that. Pure presence, which is so strong. But... Um, but but the point of meditation, you know, at the early stages is just to quiet down your mind, and so you can relax and you can connect to healing energy and wisdom. Just have some more perspective on yourself, kind of see yourself, you know, soit de toi-même, get outside yourself and see yourself, um, sort de toi-même, uh, and uh, so and so. Oh, I'm I, I'm thinking. Yeah, stop thinking. Oh, that's a thought. And that's a thought. Oh, they're all thoughts. I can't stop thinking. Like, um, you know, you just go, up oh, thoughts. Or, up oh, frustration about thoughts. Or, up oh, fear about frustration, about anger, about fear of thoughts. Whatever. You go, okay. Back to the breath. And then every time you do that, it's like a bicep curl, you know? Um, so, for your consciousness or your brain uh, where you're getting better at concentrating um, and so that that's it you know you can have thoughts flying through but you're kind of on the side of the river just looking at all these boats thought boats uh, dream boats floating downstream and then you suddenly you're back you're in the middle you're on one of them and you're like oh yeah wait a minute I'm going to be watching 
and then bing, you're on the side of the river again watching the boats. But um, with uh, practice, yeah, you can, which is pretty mind-blowing. I didn't realize that was possible until I first meditated. Um, you can have no thoughts. Um, it's not thought leads to thought leads to thought, and that's me. It's like, no, like the thoughts are like your loudmouth secretary, and you're the CEO who's just in some pearly white suit or, you know, dress, whatever you want, um, frock, French duke attire, um, legs up on the desk, and, you know, just chilling. Man, cool. Life. But then sometimes the CEO falls asleep, and the secretary's like, well, I, I got to take care of business. Then maybe the CEO starts to wake up, and the, the secretary's like, hey, taking care of business and I've kind of liked it. I've got my own pearly white suit. Uh, let's put a little, let's put a little uh, something in the CEO's drink, sedate him um, or her. And uh, what's he talking about? This is an uh, elaborate metaphor for the self and the ego. Uh, yeah, the self and the ego, the consciousness and the thoughts. Um, let me know what you think about my elaborate analogy in the comments um or don't send it t telepathically through you know um so yeah my 20 year old self if i could go back in time i would say yeah just meditate learn to meditate properly go one minute without any thoughts and then you'll have earned the, the right to question a bit more but if you can do that, you'll probably reach the point where you're like, oh, interesting how my problems disappear when I'm not thinking about them. Hmm, are they still out there and I'm just ignoring them? Or do they actually not exist outside of my skull? Maybe they're just situations which are good or bad for different people. Um, and perhaps evolution has my brain highly strung and the modern unhealthy environment we're in probably puts us in a, a stressed state electromagnetic pollution the food and the madness in the food and the water supply and all this air pollution um, propaganda pollution um, but uh, yeah and then the second thing would be okay and even then just when in doubt, what kind of a person, when it's 50-50, what kind of a person would not lean toward love and lean toward humility and lean toward trust? Um, a blue-haired person. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I love blue-haired people. Um, I don't know too many, but... Uh, my grand auntie, shout out to Mary Davitt, with blue hair. She's cool. But, um, yeah. So, all right. Well, Ramses, what, how are we doing for time? Oh, that's about an hour. Wow. I was thinking, I'll do like 10.36 minutes. Um, but, all right. So, I hope you've in, uh, enjoyed uh, this communion um, I have enjoyed communing with uh, the logos and thoughts 
and uh, Ramsey's here. And uh, cool. So, rendezvous with Jamie McGlue. Uh, Good to be with you. I did uh, see. I went without trying to put on an Irish accent the whole time. I'm very impressed. Very impressed. It was outstanding. Um, but yeah. So this is just uh, in case any relatives are listening. They can go. Oh my God! No. Need to teach this man how to talk. All right. Peace and love, everybody.